Welcome to the Producer Podcast. This is the show where we talk to electronic music producers from around the world. We ask them how they're making their music, what they're doing in the studio. We talk about software, hardware, marketing advice, how to uh, get your music out there and get it heard. And the goal of the show is to inspire people to make better music and, uh, you know, get it out there so you can become successful in this field. And we do that by interviewing amazing producers, and we're going to be doing that today. Super happy to have Ambrus Deek calling us from Budapest, Hungary. You guys know him as AMB. What is going on, man? Hey, man, how's it going? You all right? I'm doing great. I cannot complain today. How about yourself? Oh, excellent. Well, thanks for having me, man, on the show. Oh, yeah, totally. Absolutely. Um, I'm, I'm excited to have you on. I really like the, the sounds you're getting in your tunes. Oh, and thanks, uh, we're going to get into that technically. But for people right. who haven't heard uh, any of your stuff yet or might not know you, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what kind of music you're doing? Sure. Well, I suppose I make um, Glitch Hop would be with the closest term, I reckon. Um, um, glitch Hop that is not kind of bro tap sped up, obviously. Um, it's sometimes quite fat and, and staunch and sometimes a bit aggressive as well. Other times it's more mellow and melancholic and and that. But I usually tend to, BPM-wise, I tend to be in the sort of, suppose, 80 to 110 BPM range. Um, yeah, and I've, I'm like, um, I've been in like as, um, in the music for quite quite a, lo- a long time, hmm. um, by which I mean like I started drumming when I was 15. And so I actually... So dabble in different genres throughout the years. Um, this glitch hop or glitch hop hence the down tempo direction for me is what I've been doing for the last three, four years now. Interesting. Well, mm. it seems like your latest album is pretty different than the album released before that. Yeah, you mean the one on Gravitas? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's more the... Um, Actually, I was really happy that people kind of kind of liked it, and the response that we got was really good. Because I thought that I mean, it's 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 funny because um, I've done quite a lot of that kind of stuff throughout the years, you know, um, really chilled out, but but still sometimes quite a lot going on, you know. Um, and I was super happy to have people come to me and say they they liked the album a lot, and and yeah, we we generally got really good response to that, and um, yeah, that was a nice thing because. Every now and again, when you put out something that's not the usual stuff, you know, you, you tend to get a little nervous, I suppose, that like, you know, what will people say and, right. and stuff like that. Um, actually, yeah, it was very chill compared to more mm, of just a glitch hoppy type of sound from uh, your yeah. Get Loose. Exactly. Yeah. Well, there's definitely, yeah, now you mentioned that, that, that those two EPs definitely represent my two sort of approaches to, to well, to music these days. I mean, it either can be sort of, like I said, easier and then softer softer and, and like tougher, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. think it's cool. And, and you said you got good response from that. Yeah, yeah, really good response. I was, I was really happy. Huh. Yeah. Amazing. Mm. Um, how did you get interested in electronic music? How did you get started? Well, I mean, I, I, like I mentioned, I started as a drummer when I was 15 and played in bands and it, it was really, you know, interesting and exciting for me, of course. And then and then all of a sudden came the age where, you know, of, of computers where you could, where you could, well, these software were called trackers where you could, I yeah. don't know if you actually, do you, do you know them? Yeah, sure. Uh, where you could put together some sort of basic music on the computer. And to me, that was heaven. I was like... Oh my god! I mean, you can actually 
I mean, I was I was back then used to rehearsals, and you know we were lucky to to go without you know mistake making mistakes throughout the songs, and was super happy that you know we could play a song without making any mistakes, and then. And then all of a sudden there was the computer that played everything and I could tell them like the computer what to do and to me and then it did it like flawlessly every single time you <laughs> played the press play button uh, the, the play button and yeah and it was it was it was really exciting to me and I suppose that was the time when I thought like yeah this could be really interesting but I'm happy to have that sort of musical sort of um you know instrumental kind of you know, instrument playing background as well, because um, that is, I think, what is still really important to me uh, to have music, to, to, so that music can be a piece of, I suppose, music as well, and not just a track that you can play in a club. Do you know what I mean by that? I know what you mean. It, yeah, it, yeah. I mean, no, it, and it makes you more, I think, well-rounded as a musician and a person, just to have that in the background, have the knowledge, know what it sounds like to have a completely like analog type you know, instrument, band, or whatever, and then compare that to yeah, the electronic totally, stuff man. you could do. And still, to this day, I'm, I'm really probably happiest if I can start off a, a song with, with an instrument, you know, whether it is, you know, guitar or piano or whatever. Just, I mean, I'm really happy if, if I've got something that, like, that is an acoustic instrument, right. you know, genuinely, that you can just sit down to and, and do your sort of songwriting sessions, I suppose. I don't know. It, it, there's something. I'm not the, really a very spiritual person, but you know, there's something magical about about an, about a gear that is about an instrument that hasn't got any electricity in it. It's just <laughs> I don't know. It just feels so good, you know. Yeah. And different and different as well. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I know. I, I've, I've experienced. I, I mean, I'm a, I'm a, sorry, just uh, definitely correct. I don't, don't want to come across as someone uh, who says that is good at playing the guitar or the piano. I'm pretty shit at both of them. <laughs> but it's just, you know, I mean, it's I can sort of play some basic melodies and put together some ideas, you know. Yeah, and I think everybody should do that. Just pick up the instrument, play it, or play a keyboard mm. or piano, and just see Absolutely. what comes out. Yeah, yeah, totally, man. I find yeah. um, just personally because I, I used to teach guitar. I played guitar; that was my main oh, instrument. Okay. But um, I played a little bit of keyboard and drums as well. Oh, and okay. um, I really I got into electronic music so heavily these last few years. It's basically all I listen right. to, and I, I yeah. almost convince myself sometimes like. This is all I need. I, I, I love electronic music so much. Uh, every, all other music to me is dead. And then, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, right. And then, uh, and then I'll hear a song on the radio where it's just like a girl singing over an acoustic guitar or something like that. Yeah, and I'm like, it exactly. just totally changes that mindset back to. Exactly. It's so organic sometimes that it's like, you know, like um, just natural sound is just sometimes so good. It just blows you away. Yeah. I mean, these days, recently, I've been listening to uh, some jazz, for example. Oh my god, and it's just it's just so good, you know, like a like three three man uh, band, uh, three member band play the piano and the drums and bass and and contrabass is just wow, amazing. Sometimes you know, definitely the stuff that they come up with is kind of like unpredictable. Jazz is especially. exactly yeah yeah sure totally. All right, why don't we get geeky a little bit? Let's talk about your studio. Um, I'm very happy to see in like your Facebook and Instagram pictures that your cat mm -hmm. likes to play your instruments more than you. Yeah, well, well, it depends. If if I want to play an instrument, then she does too. Uh, but if I don't, if I'm not interested, then she isn't either. So you know, it's a kind of like she's kind of clever, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I hope she's uh, 
She helps with the production of your songs. Yeah, she does. She does definitely show me a way of not really taking myself and, and too seriously. Because, right. you know, it's, it's just so distracting up to a point where you can not do anything but laugh about it and <laughs> smile. And it's just like, come on, dude, get off my machine. I want to work. And she's like, oh, fuck off, man. It's just, you know, I'm just here and just chilling out. I know. So, yeah, um, it's really funny. Now, if she only knew what she was laying on top of, because your studio setup is awesome just from the pictures I've seen. Uh, oh, thanks. You have like yeah. all the elements that I want. You have the machine studio, Jealous. Yeah. You have Ableton Push, Super Jealous. You have right. de definitely some yeah. analog synths going on there and a, a virus. Jealous exactly. and Jealous again. Virus, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's like I bought it like 10 years ago when like, yeah, I still got it and it's still amazing. Yeah, I love it. Yeah. Yeah, tell us about uh, your setup there and what, you know, mm. uh, what you basically do to... Uh, you know, write a track. What gets you inspired? Like, how do you, how do you operate? Yeah, well, my setup is pretty much based on on or around Ableton Live and uh, a Native Instruments machine. Um, the way I tend to work, like most often, I suppose, is that um, I start off with with the machine, and because it's, I, I find it like super easy to down ideas there like song ideas actually you know what sometimes it's like i put together a song idea in like 10 minutes or something and not because i'm so good it's like that if you read anywhere on the internet or pe there's lots of people saying like machine is really good for for like uh you know like putting sketching up ideas and stuff and actually not not just for that it's like you can of course make like whole productions there too but like my favorite way of doing it is putting together um not not the structure but like uh, the main elements the main instruments in machine and then bring it all into into um uh, ableton live and sometimes i'm like actually leaving the machine um i kind of feel a bit sorry and i'm like ah sh should i just not play around with this like little theme a little more cuz i'm like so happy in that environment and there's not to say that live is not that um great um of course it's just I, I've used live for like quite some time now, like many years, and um, and machine is probably something that's more uh, sometimes uh, tends to be a little more exciting to me, you know. Definitely. Yeah. So then I, I take it into machine uh, into, into live, and then um, every now and again I do some sampling from from my virus, and also I've got the push, and actually sometimes I start off with 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 the push and start putting ideas there uh, in live, of course. Um, but that's pretty much about it, you know. Um, I've got a little like HD recorder, like Zoom recorder, yeah. that I tend to use sometimes for some field recordings. And uh, my way of doing things is is like um, often I try to find a new way of doing it, like some a way that will be more exciting to me than the previous one. It's not like there's always uh, try to big it up one step or a notch or something. It's just because if you write, I mean, that's that's with me. If I write a track like in live or let's say 15 tracks, you know, then, and not just, not, don't, don't even leave the software, then I tend to feel that I will I need a change, you know? So I don't know, like maybe I will go into Logic, which I also use. So I'm like a multi door person i really like to double or actually go sometimes into logic and start something there for example the the, the ep that you mentioned going down like one of the tunes there is entirely from um, that was made in logic um so you know it's like for a for a change i, I tend to like 
like to spice things up a little bit, I suppose, and maybe start off at the piano and try to sample that, or even even the iPad. You know, there's some really good, good and interesting um, uh, programs on on the iPad, music programs, obviously, and and you can. You you can do quite a lot of interesting uh, stuff there. Sometimes I start off there, you know. Yeah, that's I love that you do that. I know there's there's people who think, you know, I I don't I don't want to. I know my doll so well. I don't even want to learn another one. And it's like almost like I can't fit all that extra information of learn, completely learning another doll into my head. Like the way you're <laughs> the way you're doing it is uh, great. And I do I kind of well, do the same thing. It's like. Yeah, right. A doll forces you to write music a certain way. It just does. Like it has certain features. Menus are different. You're probably going to get a different sound depending on what doll you use. And I think it's really cool that you do that. Absolutely, tickles other spots. You know, hits other spots, and it it, it will essentially make you do something in a different way. And that's amazing. And that's great about it. You know. Yeah. So it's it's almost like treating them like separate instruments. Like. Absolutely. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So absolutely. Yeah. I, I quite like that. And I think it's it's, you know, there's this question like, what is the best doll and that kind of stuff. Well, you know, obviously it's not a really clever question, but I think <laughs> a good approach. Well, that's something that has definitely worked for me is try to get to know as many of these of these elements or doors or software and gear as you can and you know and try to use them and and then it's going to always be probably exciting and then and then you know it's going to maybe sort of trigger you to come up with maybe more interesting ideas than you would have in the first place if you hadn't left your door right and you mm. could always import and export in out of each one so of course yeah that's why I, I tend to do sometimes as well to be honest like there's one um like i do like the convolution reverb in logic so much that i just tend to just go there and take some uh instrument from ableton from from live to logic just for the convolution reverb hmm. bounce it back as i like i have like a hundred percent wet signal and just bounce it back to live so i can use that sort of just that little piece of reverb because i like that so much oh that's so cool mm. so I, then i use basically logic just as a as a sand effect, essentially, <laughs> right. we're not in the rewire kind of mode. Right. I'm not a big fan of of, of uh, big sort of complex setups for some reason. I kind of like to my projects to be tidy and small, as small as they can possibly get, and not to be you know overwhelming. And then, yeah. So I just like go there, bet, like do the reverb thing, bounce it back to live, and off I you know off you go. Right. That's mm. awesome. Um, before we go into the next thing, I do want to also just agree wholeheartedly with your use of machine. I've experienced oh, thanks, the same man. thing where it's just, you know, you start right, a machine, yeah. you get your idea. The ideas just flow out of machine. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. I love it really a lot. And to be honest, I just, I just, it's one of those gear that you can actually miss. It's, it sounds a bit weird, I think, but actually when I was, uh, I'd just been uh, to Australia, did a, like a five-week tour, and it was, I really uh, missed my girlfriend and my cat, you know, the two girls and my most important girls in my life, but then I was the third thing there, or well, actually the second, I didn't really admit it to everyone, like... I was like really missing the machine that's in the studio. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, man. It's just it's such a nice piece of gear. It's, it's, it feels good to, I don't know, to play with it and and you know like do some some good stuff with it. Yeah, yeah. Because a lot of times you don't have to look at your screen or use a mouse. You could just play machine and don't have to look up and it just. 
flows out. Actually, you know what about that? That you don't really have to. People say you don't really have to touch the computer and stuff. I I did not understand this sort of idea for a long time because I was thinking like, hey, we we tend to buy MacBook Pros and save for years and years to be able to you know buy a MacBook Pro for a lot of money, and then and then we say like, you don't even have to touch it. You know, like I mean, I yeah. never understood this, and then and then all of a sudden. Actually, it came to me with with machine that um, I started um, working on it, working with it, and and I was like, yeah, now I know what people mean because <laughs> there's no distraction, and it's not a machine that is fit for everything. You can do your whatever Excel charts on it, and your you know your social media, Facebooking, whatever you can, you know, on your computer. If there's one device in front of you and it's just good for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's for you know to make music, and there's no Facebook messages, there's no chats, right. there's no you know flashing windows and stuff like that, exactly. and and that you know to me that's a tremendous help. Yeah, yeah, I think they really nailed it. Native instruments, mm-hmm. I mean, they're like they're taking over the the music world in my mind. <laughs> they're doing Absolutely. they just keep putting out hits like one after the other. That's true. Absolutely true. Well, still, I mean. Actually, I think like another piece of software that's that's like ten points in my eyes at least is live. I mean, it still is. It, I keep like discovering new and new um, aspects to it, and there's always. It's you can make it as complex as you want to, but you can make it as simple as as you want to too. So it's it's. I mean, it's my favorite favorite of. Uh, piece of gear as well. Actually, I have to say, let's it's, let's uh, talk about it a little bit. What is what are some of the some cool things you might have found on live that you want to share with like producers out there? Maybe they haven't discovered yet. Mm, well, I I um, I quite like um, you know audio effect racks, for example, where you can where you can basically if you have say a simple delay, for example, and say like oh, it would be r- so cool to have like an uh, a filter on on the on the on the uh, simple delay, but there isn't one it, on on the simple delay. Right. So you can just chuck it in an, in an audio effect rack, and you can just have two chains. One is your dry signal. The second is your is your the one with the delay, and then you can chuck an, an EQ afterwards. And there, there you go, Bob's your uncle, and you can save it. And there's going to be your own filtered simple delay audio effect rack, which is basically your own delay, you know, which is great. I see. That kind of stuff. I mean, I, I quite like that. You can really sort of tweak and fine tweak all your stuff to your, you know, liking, which is really important, I think. Hmm. So like use of audio racks or effect racks. Yeah, I quite like them, of, of course. And um, yeah, um, well, lots lots of the uh, built-in um Plugins are, I think, really good. I, I use a lot of compressor and multiband dynamics, of course. I use a lot of overdrive, hmm. not to make. No, actually, the, I, I tend to use overdrive for making sounds a little sharper, but not necessarily overdriven. So if you use it like um, and put it put the dry wets around, I don't know, ten percent or even lower, uh, you can you can use it to kind of it's all works almost like an EQ to make things a little more crispy, you know, and sharpen to have more of a presence. Absolutely. But, um, but I mean, uh, to do that with overdrive, it's just, it's it kind of like an exciter. I don't know if you, you know the exciters. 
Um, but it works. Overdrive can work really well as an ex- as an exciter, mm. I reckon. Not for obviously for whole mixes, and I wouldn't say, but like for vocals, you know, and that kind of stuff. It, it really does magic. Ah, that's cool. But lots of other other built-in stuff as well. The amp, for example, I, I totally love the amp. Really? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, try it with uh, with Massive, for example. Like, come up with a with a bass patch, for example, in Massive, and just chuck an amp after it. It's going to do total magic, man. Wow. <laughs> it's so so good. Yeah, it's so it's it just gets so grungy and like really staunch i think they've actually improved the app uh through the years i think especially with Mm. i can't remember where i read it but uh i think after logic nine or live nine came out they really improved the right oh yeah that that may be so i didn't know right that's a cool tip anything any other gems you got in there because this is all cool so far oh wicked um well i mean i I think it's not too many people probably do that, but I, I tend to use um, the EQ8 in mid-side mode, which is which is really good because you can control essentially the stereo width of your sound, you know, along this the spectrum basically. And what is that? So, what, is, what is mid-side mode? Uh, well, mid-side mode is is basically allowing you to have different EQ settings applied to the mid to the center. Uh, or the mono signal essentially in your music or in your sound and the stereo one. So it's, wow. it separates the, the, the information that's in the center and all the rest. Wow. That's amazing. I mean, yeah, it's really good. Like, for example, you can, you can, you can widen a sound stereo field really easily and you can do that along, I mean, on the spectrum and you can say, like, I want it to be wider around one kilohertz but not at five kilohertz and that kind of stuff. You can shape it to your liking. It's really good. Uh, you, can do, you can do stuff like, um, for example, you can, you can cut the, you can actually mono the frequencies below a certain, a certain cutoff frequency, say, like, I don't know, 200 hertz or something. Say, well, your bass sound, you can say that you, cut, you apply, like, a high-pass High pass filter at say 200 hertz on your on your bass instrument and just on the side on the side uh, using mid side mode and EQ8 and just on the side and um, well what that will give you is that your your bass sound will be monoed on the 200 200 hertz and huh. it will be wide stereo above that. Whoa, that's great! I mean, yeah, especially for vinyl where you know they say if you have stereo bass, it, it'll just pop the needle right off the track. Absolutely. Now it's really, really good. I think it's really handy. Like some of the sample packs, uh, <laughs> sample packs that come with um, tend to come with really big sort of wide stereo sounds. Of course, because they they will, would like you to find them, you know, more appealing and, and you know attractive. Of course, but then I mean, often I find if I use a, a sound from a sample pack that um, I have to sort of you know, mono, at least the basses, at least the subs, because not only is it like good for, for your music and, but also mixing wise, it's good to have, I think good to have like under, under like a hundred hertz, it's good to have just your sub bass and just your kick drum maybe, and all of them as mono, mono, um, you know, yeah, that can be really handy, I reckon. Mm. Yeah, that's probably it. Wow, amazing stuff, man! Thanks for sharing that. Thanks, man. Cheers. What about hardware? Let's talk before we go on to the next section. Let's talk about what's your favorite piece of hardware you have in your studio. I mean, we talked about push and machine, but maybe like Mm. synth wise, you got any compressor? Like, what's something in there that like couldn't live without hardware wise? Well, to be honest, I haven't really got a lot of hardware. Um, I've 
uh, like as a synth, like a hardware synth. Um, excuse me. Um, yeah, I recently um, bought an Akai APC40 MK2, and I do my my live set with that, like my live X sets. How do you like it? And I love it. To be honest, I wasn't that big with the, with the MK1. Hmm. Um, I thought it was useful and everything, but I didn't. I don't. I didn't really like the design that much. I thought it was a little too spaced out. It was like too, you know, spacious, big, and yeah. I don't know. But like, um, but it was definitely use, uh, a really useful gear, um, piece of gear. But then this one, I th- I thought is a lot more refined, you know, and there's like a lot of thinking went into how to make it better. Hmm. I think. I read a, I read a lot of reviews where people were not that satisfied, not that happy with it. But I just—it's just not my opinion. I think it's—it's it's really uh, definitely uh, a different—a different category now. To me, at least, it is. I mean, I used it in uh, in my previous tour, um, played a lot with it, and and um, yeah, I was like totally satisfied with it. Yeah, but um, as long as well, I mean, as far as um, uh, hardware synths, I've only got really the, the the virus B that I that I tend to switch on sometimes. But um, yeah, that that one obviously I love. It's it's a bit dated in a way that yeah. I mean I, I don't know. It's like from two thousand and one or something. <laughs> so yeah, it's been with me for like thirteen years, I suppose. Which means it's not very modern either. You know the the menu structure and that kind of stuff. Right, is, but right. it, you know, it's it, it's a bit fiddly. But that's a bit of the charm, you know, as well because <laughs> it's. It's it's interesting how that sort of boosts creativity sometimes that you know limiting and limitations as you know genuinely tend to give your creative juices little boost I, I suppose you know so that can be kind of productive still it, it does sound a little uh, weird but sometimes it can actually be a little um, uh, pretty good to, to have a little uh, soft gear that is not that modern you know sure absolutely. And mm. I, I agree with you about forcing creativity. I mean, sometimes I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll restrict myself to only like one plugin for like an yeah, attack. Man. Yeah, that's really good. That yeah, that's re- that's really clever. Yeah, I mean, I wish I I did that a little more often. It's just I think sometimes with a machine that that's that limitation is uh, is kind of there for me because I, I'm I'm not that familiar with the whole software. I mean, and right. uh, that much. I mean, I wouldn't be able to put together a whole tune. I right. think I would, but then. I would feel that the fine tweakings I would have to do in live, essentially. Well, I mean, uh, Native Instruments, I believe they said this. I Don't quote me, but I, I thought I read this. Right. They, yeah. they never claim that even Machine right. uh, version 2 is a full-fledged doll. It's, no, 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 no. It's they, true. Yeah. yeah. They, yeah. they know it's like you're going to create your grooves in there, but you, you probably couldn't mm. do a complete track, I don't think. I, I, I wouldn't do it. Well, I mean, it's, it's getting pretty close, though, don't you reckon? So it's like it's um, – Getting pretty close to like a full doll, but the the only thing you can't really do, I think, in machine is you can't really have direct like a place like a wave sample on a track and just have it there. Right. You need to have a sampler, and then you know. But um, yeah, it, it is it's pretty close. But it's yeah, true. it is close. It is close. Yeah, but it's true. It's not. It's not like live, which is which is like yeah. It's, you can do anything there, really. Which is right. Great. Right. Yeah. Uh, let's talk about your career a little bit. Um, okay. You talked about playing out live and you, you're using the APC40. Um, have you been playing much live gigs lately? or? Well, I, um, I uh, started putting together my live set. That was pretty much like the first real 
live acts um, for me that I that I ever did. Are you uh, using? A, are you just? Are you DJing? Or are you trying to get creative with the APC and, and live and playing playing live with that? Well, basically, it's it's kind of like a live thing and 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 DJing mixed mm-hmm. some somewhere in between, I suppose. Because okay. like I've got I've got um, all the stems from each each song, you know. Uh, so each song is essentially broken down to stems, and then I've got the individual samples as well from from each song. So you can really do an awful lot, uh, and of course, it's not it's not mixed, so you can. You can have like jump across, uh, make 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 a track shorter or a lot longer, as as long or as short as you like, and and um, you can mix one a base of one song with the, the the lead of another, which I tend to do as well. It's really it's really cool, hmm. so intuitive. Like um, I don't know the, the the fun part of it for me is like I use live for my production, and now that I use it for from a live act as well, you can do things like uh, write a special piece of i don't know suppose music kind of music on 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 the fly um in between songs for example like what Hmm. i do is i do a special warping um uh how to describe this so that it doesn't uh so i do like a special kind of warping with one of the one of the the audio clips for example in between in between uh, two tracks and it just gets I don't know, like really weird. So I've got at one point in my life, for example, I've got a, I've got this 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 moment where it's it's neither one track nor the other, and it just kind of reminds you of one and the other. But it's like in in somewhere, it's it's like a new one, a third one, huh. which is uh, I don't know. I'm, I'm having a lot of fun with it. Yeah. So the the first moment when I I put it together, like I started building, I think in I was it like August. Putting it together and building it, I started off with a, like an empty project, and I was really sort of relaxed about it. I, I didn't really feel that because uh, previously I, I experimented with a little sort of live act um, project, and I yeah. didn't, I didn't really like that too much. I was kind of pushed with time, and so I wasn't that happy. But I mean, this time I was like, to take my time and just started, you know, putting together. Um, the whole project and it grew and it grew and and in one month like one month later i had my sort of 1.0 version I suppose yeah and and yeah and i keep keep you know adding and modifying little bits and pieces with it um but i played it um with, with that sort of setup in in australia and then recently in uh, in israel as well and and i'm having a lot more fun with it than than i used to with uh, with my vastax controller because right. i used to use um serato and I have this um, uh, Vestax VCI three eighty, which is amazing, by the way. I quite love it, to be honest. But um, but it's just not not my choice of preference when it comes to playing out live. I suppose you know nowadays, at least. I see. I think yeah. it's really cool that you're getting a little creative with it. Uh, it keeps it fun yeah, for yeah, you. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, it's 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 so good. It's like um, actually, you know, to be to be honest, I mean, because I almost only used to play my own tracks like 95% actually it was like maybe I dropped one track of someone else but usually it was just my tracks when I DJ'd um, at least in, in previous in, in the past couple of years or few years um, I felt that I was kind of sometimes bored between mixing the you know the tracks so sometimes you, you mix in and it, it takes like 
20 seconds or even less or I don't know you know and then and then you're there and you, if if it if it's just a DJ mix for me I'm I'm kind of like feel that I would love to do some more but I just can't because I don't really want to like smash it up completely. Right. But I there's I can't do otherwise because there's I mean I only have the stereo mastered mix of the of, of the songs. So now with the live setup I can just you know go into tweaking the snare drum or the kick drum or the you know or the or the, the melodies or whatnot. You know that's, that's great. I love it. Yeah, uh, it's a lot, lot more, more control. Yeah, a lot more fun as well. Yeah. Huh. You know mm. what? Um, going along with that, I have a tip for people who. Want to right. pr- they want to practice doing their live set, but they don't want yeah. to just feel like nobody's listening. Like they want to almost do a live set, but they, you know, it's not a full fledged gig or anything. Anyway, yeah. what I'm trying to say is, uh, there's a site called Street Jelly. Street Jelly. Do you ever hear of that? Right. No, no, never. What's that? Street Jelly is a site uh, where you can. You're basically being a street musician over a webcam. So yeah. <laughs> that is pretty good. Though. Yeah, it's a great yeah. idea. So you basically yeah. just point your webcam at yourself. You perform any instrument, and people come to the site and they watch you. And if they like you, they tip you, just like you're basically playing out in the street. <laughs> um, right. But I used that to do live electronic music and practice my live chops. And it's Absolutely. it's more fun than not having anybody watching, but it's not also not like a full gig. I mean, you could screw up or whatever, and people will go watch something else if they don't like you. And it's a chance, chance to make some money too. I mean, it's it's a really fun way to practice, you know? I, I totally hear you there. Because like, I mean, I find it sometimes a little difficult to actually practice your live set. Because like, when you do your mix... And that's essentially the the bit where I mean I tend to focus on because you know you want to make sure that you can you can mix fl- the the two tracks flawlessly not because of the tempo match or whatever but it's because you want to have like a nice sort of progression from one track to the other and then and then what happens after you've got the track I mean of of course pretty often I will just jump to the end of the track which is like I mean right. I shouldn't really do that because. I mean, yeah. So that, that that's great. That because uh, then you wouldn't do that on that um, live webcam thing. Yeah, exactly. So, exactly. Yeah, sounds, sounds sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah. definitely check it out. I, so it's a great community over there. The owner Frank, right. he's super cool. Um, it's just a killer site. What's that again? Streetjelly.com. Streetjelly.com. Yeah, check oh, it out. Cool. I'll look into that. Cheers, man. Yeah. So, so uh, what has been the most amazing moment so far in your career? I mean, you've been doing this for a while. Is there a standout moment that whenever you think about it, you kind of get goosebumps and you go, wow, this is amazing. I can't believe I'm mm. at this stage or I'm at this point in my life. Yeah, well, I think, um, yeah, whenever I think about like sort of a, a big moment or I think what really comes to mind is that, that moment that was like ages ago, like I think in 2000, like 14 years ago, when when I first saw my name printed on the po- on a poster, you know, and it was like, I mean, to me, it was like not because I've made it, or it's, it was just purely because I thought like, now that's amazing. That was the first time that I met with with that feeling where you understand that it's just not just you on your own. Huh. You know, it's like, it's not just me in a room putting together beats or mainly on the computer or sometimes on, the, on an instrument and that's it. And, and and my friends who who like it or not or whatever, but they might listen to it. Um, but it's actually, there was other people who 
who do the printing, you know, and and they had to or the 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 the, the, the artwork, the, the guy who did, was a designer, the graphic designer, you know, he worked with the letters. Do you know what I mean? Like A and B, he put somewhere on the flyer. It was his decision. On his computer, he typed these characters A and B. And I was <laughs> like, that's amazing. So, I mean, I understood that actually you can connect with this pretty much with, with other people. I mean, you can't predict where it will end up, you know. I'm not saying that it was my music that the designer was listening to, obviously. But, right. um, but it, it was amazing to see that, like, far away from my entity. I just can see it on on the wall as a poster, and it was amazing. Wow, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah. It's like you well, arrived, you know what I mean? It's like you were exactly. you, you exist as a musician. <laughs> and and exactly, and, and, and I didn't really have any sort of sense of or idea about marketing at that point at all, or even, you know, nothing about it. There was social media did not quite exist at that point because like Facebook did not exist and stuff. And it was, it was just really about, about understanding that, that you actually, you know, make, make a, your energy goes on and, and it meets other, other people and, and you can connect with through, through music somehow. That was, that was amazing. Wow. Was really good. That is cool. Yeah. Thanks for sharing that. I love asking that question. Mm. Great answer. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. It's, yeah. it's true that actually it was a nice, nice moment for sure. Sure. Yeah. How about the challenges? Has, has there been a major block that you've come across that you've overcome in your career? And how did you overcome it? Like something maybe stopped you in your tracks and you're like, you got through it. Well, it, uh, to be honest, like pick, uh, to choose one would be, <laughs> would be difficult because like, to, uh, if I'm like brutally honest, like almost every tra- track I I try to, or like uh, every track that I make and finish, there's a, a one point or another where I feel like at least I kind of like there's something little question mark goes goes on and says like is, is this can, can I make this? I mean, is it gonna is this gonna happen? Is this gonna be like a full song? Because <laughs> like you know, it's like I don't know. Sometimes I, I lose it. I suppose every, almost every track. Like <laughs> I go, like I'm not really sure I can finish this this track uh, because because I don't know because I'm not sure where to take it. You right. know, I don't know. It takes a little time. So there's always a little creative block. I think that I hit. It's almost as a to say that it's like almost inevitable. You know, uh, apart from those tracks that are just somehow just fall out of me. But th- those are the. The rare not, ones, not the not the most uh, to say. The, uh, the, those are the rarer ones, you know. Yes. So uh, most often, I will have I will have a, a tinier or bigger or you know, but whatever the size, a cr- kind of a creative block. So that's what uh, with it, with each track, which is uh, which is yeah, quite a challenge in, in each track, of course. How do you but get like, through um, that? Um, you know what? Uh, I, I tend to just leave it. Uh, I think that's that's like genuinely. Um, I find it's a good idea to leave it for a little time, maybe sleep on it, on it, or and then you know re- definitely revisit it like the next day, you know. Um, and sometimes it, it, I think it's like creative processes sometimes can be difficult for me at least because like sometimes it's a good idea to leave it. Sometimes you have to actually push it a little bit so to, to knock yourself over that uh, creative kind of block. You know, it there's, there's no good advice i think here at least i can't give one um i would say leave it for a bit and then revisit probably that's what i tend I to see. do that works mm. that works i've experienced mm. that yeah. too 
Yeah, 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 yeah. How about marketing? What, what have you found is the best way to get your music out there and heard? I mean, you're signed with some labels. You've been on, you know, featured on EDM.com. You have tracks that have hundreds of thousands of downloads. Um, how are you getting your tracks out there? Uh, yeah, that's, that's a, a good question. Um, like, what, what do you mean? Like how I get stuff out there? Like, uh, what's the best way? Yeah. Like I mean, say, right? uh, you finish a track. Um, what do you yeah. do with it after that point? Because there's a lot of guys out there who finish tracks that I'm sure they think are killer, the next best thing ever. And they want yeah. to get them out there and heard, um, with your experience, what, what's, what advice do you have for those guys? Um, yeah, well, I think it's, it's, it's always good to have like, I think a vision or a plan, like as long as you can see, like as longer term, as long term a plan you, you have, the probably the better. Of course, like in this day and age, it can't be longer than a couple of years, I, th I suppose. But like, um, it's good to, I mean, I've, I've done things like created, made, made tracks for a certain label without the label knowing it's like, um, I just, you know, did a little sort of research on what, what the label likes or would be happy to receive as a demo, you know, and then, do you know what I mean by like a profile sort of um, um, check and see like, all right, because they, they're like that kind of bass and that kind of whatever. You mean uh, by sound. listening to other tracks on that label and seeing what... what exactly. Yeah, 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 sure. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah. Sure. That's what I meant. And, and, um, and, and maybe um, if, if, you, if you really want to get signed to a label, for example, I think that's probably one of the best ways of doing mm. that is is make sure that they will you will actually give them something that they will be interested in hearing in the first place by and you can do that by by analyzing the other tracks on the label right. and, and so you're, then, you're right, basically writing that track for that label secretly without them knowing about it really yeah that's cool yeah i think that's it's like a it's a good way to get the get the label's attention probably um but um Really, what the way I tend to to work these days, um, in, when it comes to putting my music out there, is is just um, try try not really to think too much about that. Um, huh. Just just um, just put together songs and and then talk with the with the, with the labels that I'm, I'm usually in, in touch with, um, either Gravitas or Adapted or Simplify or you know Addict Tech and and then. And then try to find the, the best fit for the, for those tracks, really. I see. Yeah, and then hold off, obviously, hold your fire and not try try not to upload onto SoundCloud straight away, <laughs> which is not that easy because sometimes <laughs> you, you were so right when you said like, yeah, you, you feel that that's the next big thing that you've just done, and and it is like that often, and and you feel like I really want to show this to the, everyone. But of course, it's probably sometimes a little like wiser not to do so straight nice. away. Uh, you know, it's always good to build some momentum and people maybe some like build some expectation around it if you can. And you know, yeah, we feel difficult, um, more and more difficult these days to connect with people because Facebook's being an ass. You know, it's it's um, it's kind of difficult. They they kind of choking your your reach these days, actually killing your reach pretty much. And um, it used to be a, a really good tool for for understanding your audience and and you know getting to, you know connecting with them and and it also building hype around your um, your upcoming events or releases or whatnot. So it was really a nice nice tool for that. Well, it used to be, but now it's it really feels like it's downhill. Do you reckon? Oh, absolutely. I, th I think it's the beginning of the end, definitely for Facebook. On yeah. That. You know, they're going to make so much money in these years when they're actually. Um, implementing this new thing where they're basically charging you for for posting 
They're going to make tons yeah. and tons of money, but I do think it's it, it's not going to sustain because there's going to be so many other services taking advantage of their decision and popping up and doing stuff for free. So, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I get I totally get what you're saying. You're not the first producer to come on the show and said that. Definitely. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I mean, I'm kind of like a little confused as to what to. I mean, I'm. You just caught me. I think in a in a phase where I'm actually putting together. I think a new sort of approach to. Mm-hmm. How to how to put my music out there and and um, w- without Facebook because I mean of course there was a time without you know before Facebook and that that was a different different sort of age and sure. and now it's kind of like after which which probably I, I think is genuinely genuinely a good idea now definitely uh, now better than ever to make your own website you know and find out what you want to do with that website and like how you want to structure it do you want to do i don't know like give tutorials or do you want to base it on on your live acts and and so like have a lot of events and so that's one thing these days like uh you know like have a new website um and and then try to try to structure it so that it fits entirely my um my my way of uh well, the way that I want to market my music, I essentially. See. I see. Yeah, it's a good idea. Like starting, oh, like starting a podcast. Even yeah, like starting a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah, sorry, I didn't get that. Yeah, yeah. Very cool. Absolutely. No, great tips, man. I I, I really appreciate all the information you gave so far. Uh, Jeez, definitely going to help lots of producers. Oh, wicked! Thanks. Do you have a final tip you want to give everybody before we end off? Like uh aspiring yeah, producer absolutely. out there. Yeah. You mentioned that. Yeah. My, my definitely my number one advice is don't listen to anyone and just do, do whatever you feel is, uh, um, is right. Actually. Um, I think, you know, there's this, uh, saying what's a proverb maybe it is, um, that camel is a horse designed by committee. Have you heard it? What is it? Cam- a camel is a horse designed by committee. <laughs> and it's, it's not probably that nice to, with, to the the camel, but what he's saying is, to have a vision is a lot stronger than than to have everyone chip in and have their opinion heard. And I think, w- of course, what I'm talking about, someone is, is like an artist and or you know music producer. Then I think what's most important is not to be, not to follow everyone and try to try to understand who you are and essentially your own character and what you want to create as an art. And then just sort everyone. Like, don't mm. really care about all the rest. Whoever, whatever people say, if they like it or not. I think if you put a lot of hard work in it, sooner or later there will be a point where it will be appreciated. Or, you know, of course, the sooner the better. Right. But uh, that's what I've learned. I mean, um, so far throughout the years, I think that's like a good, to me, like long term tip. Just really follow your own vision i suppose and have a vision definitely try to have a vision and, and then follow it don't listen to anyone definitely dude that's an amazing tip i actually no, don't, can... i actually don't it has to be long term because i think people will burn out if they don't follow that tip mm, yeah, yeah 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 it's yeah. true really good stuff ambers yeah. thanks so much for doing this show man you rocked it and then you gave so much great information oh wicked thanks a lot for having me man it was been an absolute pleasure absolutely uh no, tell people where they can find out more about you and listen to your stuff yeah, if, if, if um, you go on soundcloud.com slash AMB, you'll find a lot of music there. There's lots of free music to download as well. Or my website is always good for information, which is www.ambmusic.net. 
And um, <clears throat> my Facebook, which is, oh, excuse me, yeah, my Facebook is uh, AMB, uh, AMB Music. So facebook.com slash AMB Music. You can find me there too. Awesome. Well, I hope yeah. everybody listening to the show enjoyed the show. Uh, that's going to be it for the producer podcast for today. We'll see you next time.